gentlemen you are in for a treat today we are back that's right it's your mother's favorite show the kill your radio podcast i of course am fanboy will and i'm really happy you joined us today if you like great music if you like to uh, have a laugh or two along the way then you are certainly in the right place today's show is started off by ottawa followed by chaos suburban lawns jawbreaker eye Exotic Adrian Street and the Pile Drivers, Brain Tourniquet, Slayer and Atari Teenage Riot, Ananda, Motel Portrait, The Nerves, The Yardbirds, The Donnas, AJ, Cortez and the Burglars, and the last song of the day will be by Living Thrash Metal Legends Creator. Also on today's show, we will have some news regarding one of our favorite bands here, Caven. We will also have a tribute of sorts to a wrestling legend who recently passed away, Mr. Scott Hall. Also in the news today, we will have a show announcement featuring the likes of Punitive Damage, Peace Test, Spy, and more. To top things off today, we will have some listener shoutouts. That's right, stick around kids, you might have made the list. Also, when we get back from Block 1, we will be joined by my fabulous co-pilot, ZombieBot. That sounds like a good show to me, guys, so stick around. I deny God, creator of heaven and earth, and I adhere to thee and believe in thee. KISS THE GOAT!
Well, hello once again, buttholes. It's I, Mr. Transistor. And you've joined us for another episode of the Kill Your Radio Podcast. What's the matter with you people? Don't you have anything better to do? Oh, well. Fingers or a casual body slam helps me pass the time and brightens up my days. I wanna hear the crunch, I wanna hear the cracks, I wanna hear the moans and groans. I don't know why, but I'm only happy breaking bones. I wanna hear the crunch, I wanna hear the cracks, I wanna hear the moans and groans. I wanna hear the moans and groans I wanna- 
Hello, everybody. We are back. It is episode 11, season two of the Kill Your Radio podcast. And I am joined, of course, by Zombie Bob. What's going on, man? Yo, what's going on, dude? Been a while. Not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, I, I, the cat has been torturing me all day, from what I understand. She has been up in my face all day, and now... We're gonna we're gonna hear some purring, some jingling because Debbie will not get out of Adam's face right now. She's eating. Do you hear it? Oh, there it goes. We've got some some choice eating audio going on. She Did you the, give her another thing of cat food? It's the same one. She's just working on it. <laughs> yeah, Debbie's uh, Debbie's a little uh, a bit a little crazy because uh, Adam's in a new room recording, so I guess she's not used to it. She's not used to it, and I. Uh... The desk that I'm using was the desk that my TV was on. So oh, okay. she's like, wait was a minute. Was that where she used to like hang out? Yeah, she would jump on top of the TV and just hang out. Uh, so she's probably like, what the fuck are you doing to my desk? Yeah. Like really, like every single person on a TV has a big ponytail because her tail would always be like right on their head. <laughs> right where the back of the head would be. <laughs> I took a photo of it. I remember what it was, like something and then might have been like blackish or something and you know. Anthony Anderson had a fucking big cat tail on his head. Nothing was better than my my wedding when Adam had a tight ponytail. It was fucking hilarious. I had my my nice ponytail. <laughs> Something Adam normally wouldn't be caught dead with. But yeah, I but he had it. to be all fancy to meet my my parents, so he had to put a ponytail in his hair. My pee tail. But now I'm all. <laughs> now I got the oh, hair no. short again. The best is we saw each other for the first time at the wedding, and you looked at me, I looked at you, and you're like, you like my ponytail? I'm like, nice ponytail. Yeah. <laughs> so he made fun of himself, and then I made fun of him. And uh, this is the first time you get to see all the cool shit in my room. All Adam's set up. collectibles are, in, are on full display, unlike his last setup where you really couldn't, uh, yeah. you couldn't really see them as well. They're not all in here. I still have to bring in my... Uh... I have a couple more Super Seven figures, you know. Like, I heard you're gonna, I heard you're gonna devote an entire wing of your house to Super Seven. I really can, you know. But no, I have all the uh, couple things that I'm waiting on now. But uh, once I have those, you know, as in the other room is the uh, Super Seven's been killing me lately. Uh, they're they're been killing me. The Maiden, the Misfits, and the Motorhead. I saw some guy there. the other day. I was on, uh, I was on Instagram, and some guy who was a record shop somewhere, I think upstate, had uh, had the Burton figure. And I was like, oh, shit, does he have it for sale? Because it's, you can't get it anywhere. Oh, I got mine right over there. You see it? So I, so I got my hopes up. I'm like, I'm finally going to get the figure. So I clicked on his link, and it turns out it was just a link to like his shop. and He uh, didn't have them in stock. But uh, I got a little excited for a minute. I thought if I didn't know that it was going to be like out of print, I would have bought two, you know? But like, yeah, I just have the one. Well, you know what people do? They, you know, they probably bought like six of them, and they sell, you know, they keep one, and then they sell five of them for like $150 on eBay. It'll be reissued. What, yeah, it will. Because anything that's big time. Yeah. We need to get some. We Okay, Super 7, if you're listening, we need to get some things done here. We need to get some Rollins. We need to get uh, HR. Uh, who else do we need? Oh, there's so many that they can do. Uh, How about like all all the Black Flag singers in a box? That would be dope. That would be dope, you know? Um, that would be cool. That would never happen because of like, they would all have to agree. It would never happen. Uh, they're buying the rights for everything, so who knows? But like a Darby figure would be sweet. Yeah, you know, with a beer. With a beer. <laughs> with a beer. Give me a, give me a beer. Give me a beer. Give me a beer. Or a germs box set would be dope. Just saying, you know, there's so many dope ass things that they could do. You know, uh, 
HR, they could he, even do like a little character. If, I don't know, man. There's just so many, you know? HR, like, you know, he had all like the famous things. Like, he like, wore, always wore like the army jacket, so he could do like the yeah. army jacket. I mean, honestly. What they do is they do variants with figures, so you can have different outfits. You have yeah. one where he's wearing the army, the one where he's like, whatever. I'm excited for the BC Boys this summer. Yeah. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, well, my favorite versions, obviously, well, Check Your Head is my favorite by them, but. They just look like regular do, guys. If they do like the old school B boys, that would be. I'm probably guessing my it'll be the old school ones, just to match, yeah. you know, the the DMC. But right. like, because DMCs look didn't change too much, you know, they more or less kind of kept that in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when they even when they kind of like resurfaced again in the 90s, and yeah. the late 80s, they basically kept the Godfather hats and down with the king. Yeah. Yep. I have that album. But uh, the BCs, I'm guessing it'll be ill. I don't know. Yeah, license. I'd say I'm guessing it'll license be licensed to, Ill, to yeah. Ill, but then again, like, the, and if they sell well, which they will, because they have a huge following, then they'll do all the versions. They'll do yeah, sabotage. They'll do ill communication. They'll do. But also the the little teaser that they said they said can't stand it, which makes me you know like in it, I think the, the, it just said that can't sabotage. stand it. Yeah. That sabotage. So it's just right. it's going to be them in like the police uniforms, maybe. Yeah, it's probably going to be them with like the seventies, the, the coaches with the sideburns and everything. I, you know, which I get, you know, but yeah, like that would be cool. That was I'd just a that. look from a sure. video, but like, not my favorite song by them, but I'd buy it. But I'm guessing it's going to be like you know the Stuyvesant shirt with the fucking mm-hmm. you know the the big Dookie chain. Mike D's Mike D's going to have the Volkswagen. Yeah, the big Volkswagen with the big Dookie chain, and like you know, but. Ad Rock's going to have the leather jacket, the ripped up jeans. I mean, not Ad Rock, uh, MCA. MCA, come the ripped jeans. And yeah, the Ad Rock's going to have the statue. With like a beer. That would be dope. Like a can of Budweiser. Yeah, then yeah, then Ad Rock will have the, uh, the red Stuyvesant. The Stuyvesant, right. If they can use, you know, I don't know if the high school will let them. Probably. They'll be like, yes, please. I mean, you, what I would do, if, if you can't get around that, just, just make like a fake high school name or something and put it on the front. Yeah, it'll be something or like that. Or just put it, I'll put an S or something on the front. You know, by the time like, you know, Paul's Boutique came out, they they just looked like regular guys. Yeah. They didn't really have looks. And then, you know, after that, they were like skaters. Right. Well, the, the whole Paul's Boutique thing was like a throwback to the 70s. Yeah. More. So, but they looked know, like were, it was regular ish, whatever you know. So who knows? Right. I'm excited and randomly, I am too. Yeah, I've been waiting for Beastie Boys related like any type of figure from them for for forever. And you know, kind of never happened, I guess, because of rights and all that uh, fun stuff that we have to go through. As uh, but it'll be dope. You know, and then there'll be sure. uh, the parks. Super Seven's ver- making it happen. I mean, well, like their their company slogan has always been basically, "We're making the toys we wish existed when we were kids." That's been their whole policy. Exactly. So because they never, you know, Weird Science never had a figure, and then they made like a Chet figure. So like, it's always stuff you wish actually existed. You know, which is but, cool. You know? you know. And then randomly, Parks and Recreation are getting figures because it's got a huge following. I can understand. That. I'm the guessing. Office- the office, I think, has them somewhere else, not with them, but I'm guessing somewhere. it'll be in a in a pack. You know, it won't be like single. It'll just be no. like like the Golden Girls ones, right? Right. I wish I had those Golden Girls ones. Yeah, I think they're like bank now because you can't find them anywhere. Yeah, I remember going to uh, uh, what's the name of the place? Newberry Comics. Yeah, place out is here good. on Long Island, and I remember the box sets of the Golden Girls figures were just sitting there for the longest time. No one would buy them. And if I knew that they would go for what they're going for now, I would have grabbed like five of them and <laughs> grabbed them all. Right. That, all the ones that were sitting there. I got the Slayer one, but it's not going for anything yet. I think they still yeah, have it. Yeah. And then they had their big sale, you know, the uh, the Warehouse finds. Right. Those of you do. I got uh, 
I slept on the warehouse thing. I didn't, I didn't get a jump on that. I got the Gorilla Biscuits mask. Then I realized I don't wear masks. So I just have it. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it didn't come. Is it like a, is it like a, uh, like a Ben Cooper where it's the, the, the string on the back? Yep. One of those. Oh, that's cool. I have the, I have the couple ones for death. They're just in my closet because I have nowhere to display them. But, uh, right. We played some music. Hey, why do you come here? You come here to listen to music more. But I mean, I, I like to think you listen to our stupid tangents and stories, but I think a, a majority of the people always comment, uh, on our show. They comment on the music we play. So, Today, we played some good music, starting off uh, with Ottawa, a band that I was actually introduced to recently through Adam. Uh, we were sitting, uh, I think both of us were just bullshitting on the phone one night, and he's like, oh, check out this band I just uh, heard. And he sent me the link to it, and I think I pressed purchase. Right like, away. An hour, like an hour and a half, maybe later, I was went back on. and But uh, yeah, a great, uh, an old school hardcore band. Uh, yeah. The original recording of this is from 1994. Uh, the song we played for you is Holy of Holies, uh, a 90s hardcore outfit out of Dearborn, Michigan. And the yeah. name of that album is The Third Age. Uh, so, yeah, uh, originally released in 94, when it sounds like it was a, from like 97 or, or 98. No, they were one of those bands that kind of, in, you know, influenced a lot of people. You know, they were kind of up there with like Max Colby, like that same right. kind of. And it's been one of those ones. I've been trying to buy the original one for a couple of years. Um I don't know why I don't have it. You know, it's one of those. It was also reissued like not too, like maybe 10 years ago. And uh, hmm. that's when I was kind of like s- slower on the, bu- the the vinyl buying. And then I was like, oh, okay. I was like moving a bunch of stuff. So I'm like, oh, I'll get it another time that it's sold out. And I wanted the original one for at least 10, 15 years. And now it's out, you know? So they were waiting. Reissued by Council Records. Yeah. Council this, fucking, this year. Council's back, man. They kind of disappeared for a while and they just kind of came back, you know? So it's just kind of kind of good stuff man I'm, 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 makes me happy yeah yeah so you know uh like me and adam always bring up on the show uh it seems like you know the stuff that we were super into is kind of coming back into fashion because all these things are getting reissued that were you know from from the days of us going to shows and all that stuff kind of fell out of popularity for a bit but now that sound is super back in um so all these like obscure bands that kind of fell off the radar from that time period are coming back into into print and uh reissued and all that stuff so it's always good for people like us and uh people like you that enjoy the music uh after that we played chaos uh chaos is a band from a friend of the show uh johnny stingray who happened to be in another little uh, punk band you might have heard of called the controllers uh this was another band he was in out of la part of that old uh original uh la punk scene that was huge blew up so many different names the name of that song was nuclear nightmare off of their complete chaos CD on Artifix Records, yeah. which basically is a compilation of sorts, kind of collects uh, the chaos material. Some of it was never released. Uh, some of it uh, is actually some unreleased controllers material as well. Uh, all this kind of compiled onto the one CD. So if you are a fan of uh, you know 80s uh, LA punk uh, stuff that we love on this show, uh, you'll Buy definitely it. dig chaos. Uh, 1980 was the original recording. I know. I've heard stories, you know, just people that I've grown up with, you know, who were a little bit older. They got to see those bands. And my friend Anthony had a chaos story. I don't remember exactly what it was now, but it was just kind of like something about the flyer. Someone wrote a letter to him on the back of a chaos flyer. But he's Mm. remember going on and on about it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) But it was just that. Uh, He would have been he would have been an interesting guy to have on the show. Oh, my God. He would have just been like he just been making fun of me the whole time. But whatever. He's like, yeah, Adam thinks he's special with his radio show. 
Yo, man, man, what? Fuck his ass. What the hell, man? But I love that dude. You know, I miss you, <laughs> Anthony. Uh, after this, we had Suburban Lawn's uh, janitor. Oh, my genitals. Um, <laughs> I remember getting into them by watching a New Wave Theater ta- a VHS tape. It's one of those ones. I was just like a you know public accessing, and then they were on. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Is weird, you know? Yeah, that's like this is the kind of stuff that's like big now. Yeah, and like this we like weirdo punk like that's become huge again. Like egg, I I lump in you know weirdo punk, egg punk, art punk, all kinds of the same kind of like little box. I kind of just say, okay, well they're weird. Yeah, artsy, whatever. But well, like, that's what they they're all like. Basically, they're all uh, art school kids who yeah. decided to to form a band. And uh, they put together uh, Suburban Lawns. Uh, this was from 1981. Uh, kind of one of the original New Wave bands, if you think about that yeah. uh, that whole you know New Wave sound. And they were just uh, they definitely weird. They definitely packed plenty of that. They were uh, on- band out of Long-, Long Beach, California. Yeah, they're not. You know, they were down at Compton and Long Beach. You know, because together, you know, you're in trouble. You know, they're in trouble, right? Can you just and, picture uh, them with like, yeah, we're down. <laughs> On, on the famous IRS Records, the original, it's been released and re-released and a million times. And, uh, uh, I've been wanting to get a copy of this original record for the longest time, but it's bank. It's like two hundred bucks, I think, for the original. If you want to get the original in decent shape, yeah, it's impossible. But it isn't like beat to hell. They at least two hundred dollars. They were on SNL once too, like just randomly, like their music was in the background of an SNL thing, like them running on the beach or I something. I mean, they were super, like you know, Belushi was super into punk and stuff. Yeah. Back in the day, I, so I think it might have been Gidget Goes to Hell, might have been the one it was. Uh, yeah, I think they might have played. I think uh, besides that, I think they might have actually played a video as well. It was because just... you know when the SNL used to just randomly play weird yeah. stuff back in the day, day, back in like the you know the Early. The, the original day. Yeah, no, it's just like them, like a bunch of people running on a beach. Yeah, you know, and I think it, I think you're right. Yeah. Something to that effect. Whatever, that SCTV. I've been throwing you those things with fucking... Yeah, SCTV. FCTV was cool. I remember I was listening to an SCTV. There's a guy who does, believe it or not, an SCTV podcast. If I could somehow find it, I'll tell you. It's actually a dope podcast. He gets like really into behind-the-scenes stuff. He's, uh, I believe, a Canadian guy. Of course. Uh, and he, he, it's him and his buddy do the podcast. And they really get into like all the behinds the, of what was going on at the time. Uh, I'm trying to find it as I'm talking to you here, so I can actually give these guys props because it's actually a really good podcast. Uh, <clears throat> but that show had a lot anyway, of anyway. You know, like they had they yeah they were talking about that they would play you know musical acts that no normally you know people wouldn't play. So that was what was cool about them. Yeah. Uh, I can't seem to find it, but if I do, I'll I'll, I'll plug it on the uh, on the website. One of these days. No, they had the the plasmatics. The oh yeah, yeah. They had that sketch, and then the other one where you know the I hate the queen. That mm-hmm. one I sent you. That was right. It's actually a good punk song, but it's like yeah. you know, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a real like like they were trying to be do like a real punk song, but like you know, all I guess nothing's it, nothing's better than the than the Fred Armisen. Oh, that one, was great, but that this was, was like the, this one was like a good twenty seven years before that one, and like. Martin yeah. Short dedicated himself to it, and then John Candy on drums with no <laughs> facial expression. He's just like very still, and that was yeah. funny. <laughs> but yeah, the I have the uh, seven inch for um, Crisis of Conformity. They put it nice. out. But um, what do we play that. next? After that was uh, kind of an interesting one. That was Jawbreaker Eye, not Jawbreaker, but Jawbreaker Eye. With a song called "Mirror Suit" from 2021, uh, hey now. an interesting uh, young guy by the name of AJ Cortez, who 
kind of has like a million different little side projects he puts out with different names. This being one of them. Uh, and the, this is from a split with the Benny Boys. Uh, it's a it's a cassette only release on Gravity Hill Records. So if you're into kind of like weird stuff, uh, like I was saying before, arty stuff, uh, egg punks uh, type stuff, uh, with kind of like you know raw recorded um, sounds like it was probably recorded on like a home recording device of some sort, but uh, good raw fun stuff. Raw. And uh, yeah. Uh, he's 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 put out quite a few things, so I would suggest if you're in the market for something a little bit different, yeah. something a little bit fun, uh, definitely look into anything by AJ Cortez. Yes. Uh, after that, we had Adam. Uh, this is a, a guy we were just speaking about before we yeah. came on the air. Former wrestler Exotic Adrian Street and the Pile Drivers with a song called Breaking Bones. Oh, uh, Shake, Wrestle, and Roll was the LP. I have it. I have a reissue. I need an original. Here is my story I wanted to tell you. Okay. All righty. This is long ago that my parents hadn't been divorced yet, so it's at least before 87. Okay. And it was probably like 86, early 87, or summer of 87. And we were on a family trip somewhere. And. I was just, you know, I was loving wrestling at the time. So I, mm. I picked up uh, Rhino Video, put out Rock and Roll Wrestling. And I picked it up, and it was uh, from Memphis. So it had all the Memphis wrestlers. Adrian Street was on there. Um, Bruiser Brody, Randy mm. Savage. You know, because at the time, Savage, uh, his dad had IWA. And they were kind of like a an outlaw federation. And they just kind of had the feuding. And then they, they came in and did their thing. But... Adrian Street was on there, and I was like, what? Oh, yeah, I remember seeing his picture in the magazines, and I was like, oh, I'll get to hear him. And it actually just, it was, um, I'm, I'm in love with me. And uh, I was just like, wow, this is a really catchy tune, and that's what it was. Like, WWE tried to do that with Adrian Adonis when they made him adorable, but he lost what made himself Adrian Adonis because he wasn't tough anymore. He was just kind of flamboyant, and that's it. Adrian Street was a little of both. He was tough as hell. You know, and he never, and if they did that with Adrian Adonis, it would have been a better character, but he never committed to it. But yeah, the uh, that's how I heard Adrian Street, and that's how I first got into the band The Rods, because they did one for uh, Randy Savage, did a, a video with him, and... Um, no way. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Randy in the video, it's just their music with Randy clips of his matches, and Bruiser okay. Brody, and that's how I heard, heard, heard about The Rods, and I was like, oh, we should play The Rods on this show, by the way, they were fucking great. But yeah, that's how I first saw Adrian Street. So I was like, you know, I was like nine, ten years old. You know, I was like, this guy's great. And, you know, he was just. It's funny, though, that he uh, you said he ended up in Memphis wrestling. It's because he, uh, from what I understand, through the 70s and 80s, was mostly doing the UK stuff. And he's yeah. from, I think he's, uh, what, Welsh? He's Welsh, but I believe. You see, he came from, you know, kind of like a coal miner town. Like, that's basically okay. what. You know, his dad was a coal miner. His working dad, class, very working class. And there's a famous picture of him, you know, in his, you know, in in his full glam gear, at the coal, at the coal mine. It's all, like all the coal miner workers with like you know coal on their faces, is kind of looking up. And there's Adrian Street looking beautiful like that. <laughs> but um, you know, he was a legit shooter that like he could tie you up in a knot and kill you. Like he was that tough, real like, you know. And he influenced Bowie. Bowie was a huge fan, and like there wouldn't have been that glam scene if it weren't for Adrian Street. Like That's he funny was, to think. you know. I mean, you know, we, we had some flamboyant wrestlers at the times, but like he, 
went all in, you know, yeah. where like he was wearing makeup and stuff and, uh, but he could defend himself too. And he was just, I don't know. He was great. And yeah, he, he's on a couple of podcasts now. This is actually where I heard him talking about, um, he was offered a job for the WWF at the time, mm-hmm. but Vince wanted him to be a manager and he wanted him to manage, um, white power skinheads. And he refused. And it's just like, dude, look at this guy. He's a character already made. Like, he was the most WWF guy to not be in the WWF. Then you got kind of like a more, you got like a watered down versions of him over the years from the WWF, which I'm sure were heavily influenced. You got yeah. uh, Jesse Ventura, who well, used Jesse to come Ventura. out. And- yeah, he was more influenced by like superstar Billy Graham, you know. And then of- you got uh, uh, Goldust and people like that, who I'm sure. Yeah. That Goldust, some level, Goldust definitely got his influence, and of course, Adrian Adonis, the, flam, the flamboyance, you know. But Adrian Adonis, his best stuff was when he was partners with Dick Murdoch. That that was great, you know, the East and West connection. But uh, then he went glam. But yeah, definitely, like they they had you know people with who kind of sprinkled in with it. But a lot of people owe this guy props, basically. That's, oh god, uh, everybody. That's what we're getting to. That's what we're getting to the bottom of. And you know, you know, uh. You know, I kind of just thinking about this now. If you had like maybe him and Miss Linda, that's where they got Randy and Elizabeth. You know, is this kind of like that? I guess you could have also just done like Baby Doll or something like that. But yeah. uh, you know, nobody wants to hear about my wrestling fandom. We play. <laughs> we we go on tangents here because we know you know the the thing with with that's cool about the hardcore crowd is like a lot of us are into into the wrestling. A lot of us are into uh, pop culture type stuff. So we kind of go on tangents thinking that people aren't going to mind it too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? What you want to talk about? Pop music. <laughs> but anyway, uh, after after that little uh, after that little uh, tangent into the world of wrestling, uh, we return with another uh, a great band uh, who I kind of discovered recently. A band by the name of Brain Tourniquet. Uh, this is a 2022 release. Uh, that song was called Machine Gun off of their self-titled 7-inch on a great label that I've been super into lately, Iron Lung Records. It's a great uh, label. This is actually uh, the band's second EP. Uh, really angry, really fast, uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, hardcore. You can go as far as, I guess, saying uh, kind of like dipping its toe into power violence. Yeah. Uh, Fastcore, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. Uh, either way, abrasive, angry. If you like your hardcore like that, then you'll love this band. Uh, this one of my favorite rage. It's w- great. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite new bands. Uh, uh, the next band we played, uh, not such uh, two two not such new bands, uh, but two tastes that actually taste pretty good together. Hey now, that was Slayer and Atari Teenage Riot with no remorse off of the infamous Spawn soundtrack. You know, and it's always there's two camps: the Spawn soundtrack versus Judgment Night. I'm Team Judgment Night, but like, oh hell yeah, all the way. This is basically the only really good song on that Spawn soundtrack. Yeah. But like, you got like Corn and who else? Like like Silver Chair. It was just like you know, Silver like P- it was a, whoever was big at the time. Yeah, but like you know, it was probably like another bad creation and yeah, <laughs> another bad creation and Devo. <laughs> that actually would be dope. <laughs> I'd, I'd listen. Anything Devo does, I'd be interested in hearing. No, but I, you know, I'm down with anything Atari Teenage Riot. You know, like yeah, that digital hardcore is a scene that lasted two years. <laughs> it was yeah, like, we we actually spoke about that a few yeah. shows back. How that's a saw that's a kind of a scene that kind of never really caught on. You know, it should have. 
You know, and it kind of like other parts of the world, yeah. You know, not, but over not, here, not as much here. The closest people got, and it's not that genre. It's this kind of like genre adjacent was like Prodigy. I was gonna say, yeah. You know, but, more of a more of a mainstream kind of. But like, you know, again, when we get when we get a good old Jay on here, you know, like he has stories of seeing like Alec Empire. He's seen you know Atari Teenage Ride. He has stories about those ones, you know. But like, they were great, and then Slayer. I mean, I like Slayer a lot. You know, they were great, but like. I'll go that because of Atari Teenage, right? Maybe because it's a little different, you know. But mm. goddamn, they were good, you know. It was a good. It's a good little. Uh, it's a good little team up. That song, "No Remorse." Uh, originally, uh, this was recorded in 1997. Yeah. So around the time when we were super into hardcore, this was. Yeah. This was. Uh, this was out and 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 doing its thing. How crazy is that to think about? Is this fresh that, freshman year of college? Isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. We are fresh fish. We were. We were fresh fish in the pond. Oh God! Now we'll go there. We'll just be like, "Hello." Now, now I'm a now I'm a stale fat tuna swimming around. Too much. T- <laughs> we'll just hang it out over there and uh, the like, block. who's this creepy old guy? <laughs> Hanging out with this guy who definitely looks like he's our age. I'm like, God damn it, dude! Like, who's this nork? <laughs> and there's like, and there's short a guy who's I guess he's our age. I'm like, I'm not your age. <laughs> I'm a full-grown man, okay? I'm a full-grown man! I'm not a rooster, I'm a man! <laughs> Should we just tell everybody what that story's about? Oh, God, Paul Young. Oh, so, we were going, really to, going the into the Paul Young story. <laughs> $5 theater. Yeah. And we just saw this... I think it was, yeah. And uh, we just saw this guy. He had uh, a little bit of a mullet, like, uh, down to the neck. And kind of, like, bushy... Like a pom- s- bit of a pomp. Pomp, but also spiky. So, Paul Young. And it was like, oh, look at this Paul Young haircut. <laughs> so we started just like imitating what Paul Young would sound like. Like, like people making fun of him. Stop making fun of me, hey. I'm a man. It's the pump. I'm not a rooster. You look like a nice hair, dude. You look like a rooster. Like, I'm a man, not a rooster. And then when we got to the theater, that girl's just screaming, I hate you so much. So much. Right now. Right now. Inside jokes. <laughs> it's always fun to listen to an inside joke from an outside source. We should just make up things like peanut butter cup, <laughs> <laughs> Dixie cups, and yellow dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, people? Dixie cups and yellow dog. So not a thing. That's a real knee slapper. <laughs> Better paint that door yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, look both ways. <laughs> like what? Oh, don't forget to zip that locket bag. <laughs> oh, that's the last time I wear blue on a Tuesday. <laughs> uh oh, look out the window. <laughs> It's great. Now I can look out a window. Uh, sometimes there's a bar across the street. So sometimes you hear people arguing. My my ears light up when I hear. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're you know you're just waiting for a fist fight to break out outside. You know, I'm just I, I you know, I, I turn into the uh, in living color Tracy Chapman. <laughs> I see a man laying down. He must have drank too much in the bar. Now he looks passed out. Oh, he's up again. <laughs> it's like the best skit. I read a fast song. The, <laughs> the way, way I do it, I can never go. go wrong. She was my favorite Wayne's, I think, Kim. She was really funny. 
And then she was very yeah. underrated. Like no one talks about her. And she was randomly on an episode of of uh, Criminal Minds. Who was the Who was the character that always used to go? But you ain't heard that from me. That's what her. Was that character Miss Benita? Miss Benita. That's right. Oh man, that show. Girl, so skinny she can hang out on a Dorito. But I ain't want to gossip, so you ain't heard that from me. <laughs> he goes, man, so tight. But he he popped a book out of a quarter. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's not good. Great, his ass so tight, his two back pockets touching. <laughs> and she just looked at the couch. She's like, <laughs> "God, in living color was fucking brilliant. Had everything, man. It had good hip hop, real hip hop." What's the what's the what's the five line? I got more rhymes than Dwayne's got family. Yeah, that's the five line. Holy shit, dude! That show was great because it also had the best hip hop on it. It did, like. You know, at the time when I was super into hip hop, I would always get like, you know, I was into like more of the underground stuff. So the stuff you would hear on radio on a Saturday night that you wouldn't hear yeah. on like MTV raps was the stuff I like liked more, like stuff like The King and I or something like that. Stuff you would never hear on, you know what I mean? Mainstream hip hop radio. But at, at the time, mainstream hip hop radio was dope. You had Tribe, you had Gangstar, stuff like that it was like mainstream hip hop at the time. But, you know, if you wanted to get really underground, you would listen to, like, the college stations. You listen to, like, Stretch and Bobbito, like, on a Saturday night at, like, like whatever time you, you were getting the show. And that's when you get, like, the real hip-hop. And that's the kind of shit that they would play. They had, like, a legal. Like, you would never hear a legal. They were on. You know um, what I mean? They had the youngsters on. Yeah. And then, right. you know, they played known stuff. I remember, um, yeah. you know, um, Arrested Development were on. So they had some bigger stuff. Yeah, I know? mean, yeah, you have to, you know. You're going to get people that are going there that want to see that kind of stuff, too. It's not going to be all people like me who wanted to see, yeah. you know, shit you'd see, like, in rap pages you wouldn't see. No, you would have the thing and, like, you know, whatever, Baba OJ, though. Yeah. Baba OJ must be, like, 130 now. <laughs> Baba OJ. Baba OJ. Right? No, but uh, I've ever seen Tribe on there. Like, they had, you know, more of the known stuff. But, yeah, once in a while you would have, like, the youngsters. I just remember them, like... Mm. Coming out and then ripping his head off, but because his head was so shaving the head, it was kind of sticking to his head. So he's just kind of like, <laughs> and he throws it on, and they're just doing that. The- was the bald, the baldy style was in, yeah, Onyx and everybody. But it was, all, I don't know, like you know, them and illegal were fucking scary. Yeah, man, I was like little kids. I were just thugged out. Yeah, like Shaheem the rugged child at the time. You know, all those kid, like like little kids. And I'm sorry, I just can't get into this new stuff where it's, it's it, there's no rhyming. How are you an MC? There's Absolutely. It's garbage. It's just them talking. I'm sorry. It's garbage. It's just garbage. It's just a it's mu- like, like, you know, I think I think somebody was talking about it. Uh, it's all about, not even a DJ. It's all about the person Calling who, it mumble. Mumble rap. Mumble rap. But that's, it's, that's new shit. Yeah. It's not even about the DJ anymore. It's all about like- who, That's that's a part of hip hop that's been missing for a long time. I think I was saying it to my wife the other day that the, the, act, of, the act of cutting and scratching in hip hop basically doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't it's exist. Not, it's all about like uh, who, you know, uses the- program on the computer the best but like you know i mean like back in the day you'd have guys i mean the only people that still like do it that's still bringing in and make it an integral part of hip-hop is guys like primo premier has been doing it forever yeah. he's been doing it since he started and he's still doing it you know primo's like you know uh, he's doing a lot of stuff in the underground now and when he does you know production in the underground he he just cuts up everything you like, know he just puts that primo stamp on it. it's still in know? the underground but like in mainstream stuff it's I don't even know who these people are. I don't know. You know, I know it's garbage. name. It's just... not worth knowing because I, I try it. I'm like, okay, what's this about? People are talking about this. And then I turn it on for literally a minute and a half. And I'm like, this is garbage. Who's the guy who's in all the uh, 
alcohol commercials with the tattoos on his face. Oh, fuck if I know. He looks like a nice guy, but you know, he's always smiling and holding like, like uh, oh, fuck. It, when I think about modern, you know, uh, what would be mainstream hip hop, modern mainstream hip hop, I just think it's, there's nothing there for me. Post Malone. I don't know what he sounds like. That's his name. Oh, that guy. Uh, it's like a mixture of like, he, he does do some emceeing and he also does like an, like singing. So he does a little R&B kind of stuff too. Um, I wouldn't call him straight hip hop musician. Yeah, I don't. That's the only name. And someone said to me, Lizzo. I don't know who Lizzo is. Lizzo, I think I would consider Lizzo more like R&B than I would anything. I don't she doesn't really rap. Oh, I didn't even know it was a female. I just know the name Lizzo. I didn't know if it was like a. But like, I think, uh, I think Megan Thee Stallion's nice. I think she's got bars. I think uh, 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 Nicki Minaj is pretty nice. Like as, as far as being able to actually rap. Yeah. Having like clever lyrics. I think they're both actually pretty talented. Random um, one. When I, I'm not, I'm not super huge on the music, but when it comes to actually doing their job and being an MC, I think they, they they're have, good. They could do it. When I lived on Atlantic Avenue, um, I would see Foxy Brown at like the Rite Aid. Oh, I still have the biggest crush on Foxy Brown. And she'd be in there. <laughs> I remember she would always go in there and she'd be at right at the nail polish section. It's like, mm-hmm. you buy your nail polish from fucking Rite Aid. <laughs> whatever man <laughs> we got we, we got to get it somewhere right she ended up getting some kind of a weird thing where she lost her hearing or something yeah like uh she went like i don't know if it was fully deaf uh, she was really i think she was partially deaf for years and then i think she might have just lost it all unfortunately i, I think you know but that uh, sucks crazy final tangent we have one more song but anyway uh, i'm not looking forward to having to pronounce this i'm going to try my best so anybody out there who uh, gets offended i apologize in advance yeah. for this terrible pronunciation i'm about to try i'm leaving it to you uh, but this is a uh this was a french uh metal hardcore band uh who was pretty popular uh back in the days of me and animal we speak about around that 97 98 area that was a band by the name of ananda and the name of this one is conscience a insouciance, I believe, is how you pronounce it, off the habeas corpus LP, and yes. uh, that label was unfortunate for the fortunate record. So again, uh, some metallic hardcore from France. We've yeah. been playing a lot of foreign stuff lately. Um, I want to actually do an entire French episode. You there's know, a lot of it. There's, there's plenty so you much. Can do. You know, like screamo and you know, because they were kind of metal hardcore screamo kind of right, like a kind of a hybrid. Ow. Is that douche knocker beeping outside your window? Some douche. Did you see Devi's ass up in the camera? <laughs> Hi, Devi. She does not understand podcasts. She really doesn't. She likes to shake her little bell. She likes to purr. And she likes to eat her food while we're, yeah. while we're broadcasting. But, uh, I mean, you know. I, I attack Adam. Look, I have a whole, like, mental list. You know, like, Ananda, you know, they're one of those ones. Weep. You know, that was another good French band. Fingerprint, Ivich, uh, Jasmine, you know, um undone like there's this so many uh, um, anime there's so many of these good french bands and uh you know like we we're saying like the german stuff was very metal hardcore mm-hmm. the french stuff was very emotional where it's like you know it had more feeling like that That's right like, here you go here's your dumb food here uh uh Debbie. <laughs> and that was block one, motherfuckers. 
Yeah, man, uh, that is the end of block one. But as usual, we are going to play you a little more music because I'm sure that wasn't enough. And we are going to be back to talk about that. Also, when we get back, we have some news uh, we, and we also have some listener shout outs. So stick around to see if you made the list because you're going to feel extra important if you did. Yeah.
Upon further study of the human species, it has been determined that the Kill Your Radio podcast is suitable entertainment for our people and transmission all over the galaxy.
Hey everybody, we are back once again. That was Block 2 of Music, and uh, that one was started off by a listener submission from a band called Motel Portrait. Uh, that was a 2020 release, and the name of that song was Lie to Me. That was fucking off, good. Yeah, man, off of their Car Crash EP. Uh, a band out of Frederick, Maryland. Some like uh, good uh, straight, straight ahead kind of garagey punk stuff. Yes. And, uh, like, uh, me and Adam always say, we'd love when we get a submission. We especially love when we get a submission and it's actually good. Um, they've all been good so far. That's the thing. Um, we, we, all the stuff we tend to get sent to us has never really disappointed. And we, we, we usually play every single thing we get. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I got in touch. Uh, actually, they, they got in touch with me and they said, would you like to, you know, play our music? And I said, sure. So uh, send me some MP3s. So. I uh, got in touch with me again, and I uh, checked it out. I said this would be perfect. Yes. So uh, uh, the result was a good song from a good band, and uh, we brought it to you. Hopefully you liked it, too. Yeah. If you do, you can go on over to uh, their Bandcamp page and pick it up for yourself. Uh, I don't believe this one is available on vinyl at the moment, uh, but they do have a um, pretty reasonable uh, MP3 download that you can uh, pick on up. Yes. After that, and actually, uh, I'd like to say thank you once again to the guys and gals. Or and I also uh, want to say, see if there's any. I was, no, I was going to say I uh, I want to encourage people. You know, give us some submissions. Again, we are not charging anybody for this. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that kind of stops people thinking. You know, maybe, maybe. they're going to ask me to you know uh, fork over a few dollars. Absolutely not. No. Uh, Anybody who uh, wants either a demo maybe aired out, or if they want uh, a new single aired out, you're more than welcome to get in touch. Yeah. Uh, usually, Instagram is the best way to go for us. Uh, you can get in touch with us on there, either Adam or myself. We'll be glad to get back to you. Exactly. And, uh, when we're, we're, we're not going to bite, so if you're afraid of getting in touch, don't be. The uh, only uh, money exchange is probably us buying your physical that's media. usually what it is i mean uh we have a lot of people who are uh, actually nice enough to uh send us physical copies we've also had people who have sent us mp3s they all work they all work take as long as we can play the music and uh that's that's good enough and we're collectors so we will probably buy every single pressing of it if it's on tape and seven inch and each one has three copies my geek ass is probably buying them all anyway, so, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So don't be afraid to get in touch. And if you can't get in touch with us uh, on Instagram, you can also email us directly at killyourradiopodcast at yahoo.com. There's no the in front of that. It's just killyourradiopodcast at yahoo.com. And either Adam or myself will get back to you and let you know. Uh, we like to usually let the bands know in advance if we're going to be playing the songs uh, on the show. Sometimes we just surprise people and we just play it on the show, and then we let them know after the fact. Exactly. Uh, this way they can kind of curl up in front of the family radio. That's right. Get all their relatives together. They'll all hold hands and listen to the song. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> it's like, I don't know, but I remember fucking listening to the radio as, as a finding um, Crucial Chaos. That's how I found it. So like just playing it through. I'm like, wait, Hardcore. Or you hold your hands with your dad when you listen to it for the first time? Definitely. You know? Keep <laughs> I keep forgetting those weird shit that I have in my room. I just picture Mel. Adam, hold my hand while we listen to this. This dark ass room that you can't see anything. I can't see a damn thing, bro. I just see the reflection from the I see it looks like Freddy's sweater. Yeah, it's a Freddy. Which one? 
Um, Nightmare original one. Mika ones. The yeah, end. is that the is that uh, number first one? Yeah, original. But I have the original figures. You know, the Talking Freddy and the Max FX one that we were talking about. Earlier, Adam so. is Adam is one of the bigger Freddy fans you're going to meet. Yes, yes. I'm more of a yes. For some reason, before Adam sounded like Mumra from Thundercats. <laughs> we don't know why. It just came out. Yes, yes. Mumra, the ever living. Next up there, we had... Uh... After that, we had the Noives. Uh, yeah, the Nerves with When You Find Out off of their self-titled EP from way back in 1976. Me and Adam were just little little sprites at the time. I Oh, I, I had that 7-inch. Um, you know... Power Pop! Power Pop, they're probably more known for being that band that Blondie covered. Yes. Hanging on the telephone. But, uh... I actually like both versions. It's rare that I like both. Yeah. Usually I'll like either the original or the cover better. This one I actually like on both. You know... And, probably equally. But this is actually my favorite song off that single, and it's just... You know, they kind of broke off into a couple bands. You know, you had uh, the Plimsolls, you had the Beat. You know, Paul Collins the Beat. They didn't last long though themselves. The Nerves. They weren't. A, they, I think this was it. They had this, and then years later they had a ten inch, which had like a couple of uh, demo tracks on there. Yeah, it's like well, that's you know, you know, but that's uh, like an after the fact record. Yeah, so this is kind of, but it's some dope stuff. You know, I like yeah, me some power good, pop. Solid, like like this is like the definition of power pop. You yeah. Know? And, you know, it's, um, I don't know if everybody else knows this, the power pop is actually one of my favorite genres of music. Um, you know, it's kind of up there with, like, my emotional hardcore stuff. It's like power pop. I'm obsessed with it. And it's, you know, it's one of the best ones. Fucking, I don't know. It's just good, happy music. And it's kind of, you can hear the roots of pop punk in it. You know, it's, it's kind sure, of like. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not meant to, whereas punk and, and, and hardcore and metal obviously are very, I would consider serious genres. It was a fun genre. And they consider themselves very serious. Yeah. Uh, power pop is more like, we're having fun, we're kind of rock and rolling, but we're having fun at the same time. Yeah, and you know, you that's the, basically what it is. The earlier power pop or bands basically sounded like early Beatles, mm-hmm. but. And then it kind of branched off into like the Mahdi kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it branched off to that. You know. Hand in hand with the Mahdi stuff. And, you know, I'm one of the few people whose favorite era of the Beatles is the early stuff. Mm-hmm. Please Please Me and stuff like that. Like, the early, early Beatles is my I'm favorite. more psychedelic era. Yeah. Like, that's, like, my favorite stuff. And you really like love... Like, Beatles for Sale on to, like, Peppers. Yeah. And, like, a little bit after Peppers. I mean, you also um, love uh, solo George Harrison, where it's like, I got my <laughs> mindset on you. Here's a funny story about that song. One day, I was in... I forget where it was. It was some retail store of some kind out here on Long Island. And this song, that song was on the radio. And it was like a young girl working at the register. So I just decided to like make small talk. And I was like, she was just like rolling her eyes. I'm like, what? You don't like this song? I'm like, I'm a huge Beatles fan. And she's like, she's like, yeah, it's okay. But they must play this song a hundred times a day. I fucking hate this song. Because <laughs> that's the thing. When you work in retail, they tend to play the same songs over and over and over and over again. And that song is just literally that line, just over and over again. There's two versions of the video. The one where they're like at like... When a, he does the fake backflips. That's <laughs> so fake. There's, it's like so not him. Yeah. But it was like, there's one where they're at the art, like the arcade. And then there's yeah. the other one with like the animal the heads. Yeah. And that's a cover song, but... uh, hmm. I got my mindset on you. 
Dooch. Sad on you. But it's gonna take money. Money. Whole lot of spending money. It's gonna take shitloads of money. <laughs> to do it fucking right, child. <laughs> I got my mind fucking set <laughs> on you. <laughs> Motherfucking mindset on you. A fuckload of fucking money. <laughs> it's gonna take. It's gonna take buttloads of money to do it fucking right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Sack> solo. <laughs> Yo, talk about sax solos. Is it me or is the uh? Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Every song had a sound. Had a Holy sax. Holy shit! When you hear Beverly Hills Cop, if there isn't a sax in it, it's not the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. And you've got to have at least three or four cars doing like peel outs around corners while the sax is playing. And every song ends in. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, oh. <laughs> Caught up in the action. His throat must have been red raw after that. Oh, uh, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> it's like screaming. The heat is on. It's <laughs> my joint right there. I love that song. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, the neutron dance. I'm just burning doing the neutron dance. And if anybody here doesn't Lord remember, have mercy. When Do I was the a neutron dance. When I was a kid, I I I said this a couple of episodes ago. I thought the pointer scissors were just a bunch of people who pointed at people. <laughs> yeah, I guess the only one that did have it is the Axel Foley theme. Is the only one that did have a sax solo. Yep. Do, 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 do. Harold Harold Fultmeyer, I believe, is the man behind that song. He did a lot of synth work uh, yeah. back in the eighties. He Good did like stuff, a shitload though. of soundtracks. Yeah, so is he, I think he did Fletch as well. It's either him or like soundtrack. Tangerine Dream. They kind of like one of the Tangerine other. Dream. Yeah, Tangerine Dream owned eighty soundtracks. You know, but, they uh, owned it. Yeah, dude, that's a good soundtrack. We gotta man. play some Tangerine Dream. I'm surprised we haven't. Yeah, we gotta play a fucking Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. You know, that's good a- stuff, man. And you gotta do some. Uh, I really want to play something to remember me by, like a letter or a goodbye kiss. You know what that's from, right? Yeah, fucking three o'clock high. That's right, baby. I remember that was one of those ones, and I love that movie. I wanted to start a band called Buddy Ravel, but like they're great. That'll be a good band. You and me are gonna have a fight. Three o'clock. Why did Buddy need brass knuckles? I know, right? Like seriously, dude, you would have murdered him. You the best is when he broke. Every time he breaks that guy's finger, I'm like, oh, yeah, the kills me every time. Great movie, though. How suspended would he be? Oh, or expelled he would for be, what he did in that school. Expelled and probably prison or like yeah, juvie. He, yeah, completely. Juvie. But no, no, they just let him go back to school the next day. You and me are going to have a fight. What was with him being touched? Yeah. What was with that? I don't know. I'm thinking he was maybe like molested or something. So he you know? freaked out when people touched him. I think so. You know, that would that would have been. That would have explained it. Like. Something. But that would have made it dark and it wouldn't have yeah. really fit the movie. But if they, like, if it was like a serious movie, that would have explained why he was so freaked out by that kind of. Exactly. Or like, it's like, like, you know, 
breakfast story where, you know, his father beat him up, so he was an asshole, you know? It'd be something like that. You know, you, you have to have a reason for it, but who knows? Fan right. fiction, man. There's no uh, novelization for it, so I couldn't tell you. We need to get to work. Uh, speaking of fans, I'm a fan of this next band. I don't know about you guys. How's that for a segue? Oh, Yardbirds. We all love them. That was the Yardbirds, baby. Uh, I am huge, uh, always have been, because of my upbringing on British blues. And, uh, you know, this is a band that kind of uh, took that uh, British blues sound, but kind of refined it with a little bit of like like raw rock and roll sound. And the outcome was great and amazing and all that stuff. That's why they're legends. As, as a matter of fact, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yes. in 1992. And, in, in, and, and at different points in the band's history, you had uh, a bunch of famous people in the band. You Beck. had Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck. You had Clapton. Eric Clapton, which was probably in the, the earliest incarnation, like this one, uh, that played this song, I'm a Man. Uh, from Five Live Yardbirds, their first record ever. God, back in good. 1964 on Columbia Records. Before we were alive. Yes. And uh, to this day, I still love it. I put on Yardbirds all the time. As um, you should, you know. Yes. But it's it's crazy to think that uh, th- this band, like, 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 rocketed so many, so many different careers. And if you think you know? this band launched three of the biggest guitarists. Guitar heroes. Yeah. Of an era, you know, but yeah. it's like everybody will say Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. Eric Clapton are Clapton. great, especially yeah. Page now, you know, like yeah. more people, but like, you know, before Eric Clapton was fucking doing Tears in Heaven, like he was really, yeah. you know, he was doing good stuff. Like, like, and, and people that are, are basically considered innovators in, in, yeah. the, in the realm of being guitarists, so, you know, like Page would do all kinds of crazy shit back in the yeah, with the, days. And with then- the bow wind. Right, right. Like this, and, and the sound he would do soundtrack work, and he would do the different sounds with the guitar that people never really fucked with. And exactly, and, you know, Beck Beck just kind of like Beck never really went that crazy. He was just more of like a solid, amazing guitar player, uh, just a good solid rock and roll guitar player. Very uh, blues. Of course, was more uh, blues focused, so yeah. he, he kind of went into the hardcore blues kind of thing. Um, but it's amazing, yeah. Like three, you know, three huge guitarists who launched out of this group that uh, kind of started off with kind of humble roots. And if you think about, if you think about early Yardbirds, you don't really think about them sounding like this is like to me true Yardbird sound. Yeah, not the stuff they made in famous. Like for your love is like probably their biggest hit. And to me, that song isn't their sound to me. No, that was they're, they're trying to kind of like you know. They, it's like we want a song to make it to the top ten, so we got a sound. Is, but this is this them that was very blues driven. Yeah, but. that's what I love. That's the shit I like. I, I'm not a fan of like the pop or trying to be on Dick <sighs> Clark or whatever. That's yeah. not the kind of stuff I like. Beat club. They, yeah, they, exactly. they were more of a beat club kind of a band, you know. But uh, or they'd be they'd be top of the pops like the early days, early top of the pops. Know? Definitely beat club or uh, you know, um, Ben Schmooby and the Tangerines. That's right, and uh, Bobby Bobby Slapstick and the Strawberry Kiss. Remember that band? Ben Schmooby. <laughs> ben Schmooby. <laughs> There's a Q in there somehow. Whole lot of fucking money. <laughs> I got my eye fucking focused on you. I'm extremely focused on you. <laughs> you might say I have a staring problem. A big fucking staring problem. <laughs> I can't turn my head. <laughs> so I'm laser focused on you, yeah. I'm gonna act creepy. <laughs> Excessively creepy. You know I am super creepy. 
outside your window, yeah. <laughs> I saw the soda try to go down your mouth. <laughs> oh my god, I'm fucking turning red. Oh, it's so dark in my room. I need a oh, light. No, Adam apparently, Adam is apparently reporting live from the abyss right now because I can't fucking see him. <laughs> it's so dark in his room right now. Like only, obviously, we a, can see each other over this video feed here. I have this, and I floor. cannot. I can barely see Adam. I have a floor light next to me. I need to get a desk light because it is fucking. What are you fucking Brando in Apocalypse now? All I see is like an orange like shadow of a face. That's all I see. There we go. Hello. Hello, you know. Okay, but let's let's get back to the music they played. After after that was uh, another group that Adam and I have brought up previously on the show. We have never played, ironically, on the show. We haven't we wanted to. Finally, did that was the Donnas Ooh. with their song. I'm gonna make him mine tonight, or you could just say I'm gonna make him mine. Uh, a uh, a band that at one time was super huge, a uh, little garage kind of garagey punk garage rock band. Uh, out of Palo Alto, California. That one was way back in 1997. That first off of their original album, the self-titled Madonna's. Yeah. Oh, that goes down as one of my favorite punk records of all time. It's that's so good, good, you know. And that's they're definitely heavily influenced by the Ramones. Ramones, yeah, easily, you know. Just gonna say, it. easy, Donna. You know, they all of them were Donnas instead of like Joey Ramone, mm -hmm. Marky Ramone. You know, right? Uh, you know. That was their version of it, but they were fucking, that first album is so good. I mean, to me, there was a lot of, like, bands that kind of, like, went that route, but but the Donnas, to me, always stood out in whatever way. They were good. They had it. Not just because they were female, obviously. They were an all-female band, but because, you know, I think they, they put their own twist on it that kind of made it their own thing. They made it their they own. Were, yeah. And really, more than anything else, they, they, they had good songs. Mm-hmm. That's what it was, you know, and like, I mean, sure, they did kind of the old tried and true kind of garage rock formula, but uh, yeah, good solid songs. But oh my god, just that that first record is up there of my favorite punk records. I'll never get rid of the record. It's right there behind me. Actually, a lot of these stuff that we were playing over here, I have originals behind me. And but, another uh, band that like how we brought up that one time we brought them up, sadly never really took off. Um. You know, they had, I think, that first MTV video. Yeah. I'm where they kind of branched off, out. Ooh. And they did Shake uh, it off or whatever. They did. They were also or on. Take the, it off. Or whatever they were it was. also on the uh, Detroit Rock City soundtrack. Yes. You know? But uh, they were one of those. But they, they they got pretty big. You know? They, they got really big for a minute. But, like, you know, I guess the drummer kind of had some injuries. Ah, oh, God damn it, Debbie. You know, they she had some injuries to her arms just because the way she was playing drums is just like a like a savage you know because yeah man i mean you know you know you're like committing 120 percent when your fucking arms are all fucked up from from drumming you know and like before she was even 30 that's like you know yeah like kind of burned out before their time unfortunately uh but, but they were great the result is we've got a great music catalog we can uh we can all look back on and uh <sighs> I know they're always they're always respected. Whenever you bring them up, you know, yeah, people never like, a yes. bad thing to say. So. Exactly. God damn it, I need a fucking light in here. Uh. <laughs> anyway, uh, after that was another one by uh, a man I brought up earlier. That was by AJ Cortez. That was AJ Cortez and the Burglars. Yeah, uh, with the song "Teenage Bozo." That song always makes me laugh, but I love it uh, from the Rude Television Split cassette. Uh, some garagey punk stuff out of Florida. 
and another one on Gravity Hill Records. Uh, the cool thing about AJ, not only does he have a million different little bands he does, he also does all the artwork. If you if you happen to that, know, I like, didn't know. Yeah, if you look at any of uh, the AJ Cortez stuff, and, and all the art is obviously done by the same person. And it's kind of like this cool, like scribbly style of little weird creatures and aliens, and and you know, you're probably wondering who the heck does all these these weird little tapes he does. Yeah, he does everything. He does the you know he does the bands, he does the the art, um, and he's he's a young guy too, and he's he's doing his thing. So props to AJ Cortez. Um, uh, this is a 2021 release. When he's in Florida, does he push around a lot of little old ladies? I don't know. He might. He might be a part of AFSME. I'm not sure. <laughs> we push around AFSME. Push a lot of old lady from Florida. <laughs> we fix your holes in the road so you don't fuck up your car. We zap rats and roaches. <laughs> what was that? They zapping roaches and rats. That's the best fucking commercial ever. You buy a fucking hard on. <laughs> it would keep your kids from getting ran over by some fucking hard on. We clean the water so you're not drinking piss from your fucking water fountain. <laughs> He's so angry and Italian, the guy. For those of you who don't know, just look up Ask Me. We've played I, the song. We've played the ad on the we show. We did. Before. We gotta do it again. It's just A F S C M E. No one knows what it stands for, and the actual guy actually makes fun of he it. Goes like, thing. He goes like, yeah. "It's amalgamated uh, fuss." I don't know what the fuck, fuck it means. We're hardworking people like you, just like you, and we don't take shit from no fucking body. <laughs> That's the best. Oh my god! I remember like, I randomly sent it to like FIT was the first time I saw that. And I fucking like, almost pissed myself. It was pre YouTube. I think it was on like Ebounds or one of those things. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those. Right, pre YouTube. I remember I, I sent it to John Joseph and he cracked up. My God, Ebounds world! That was the thing back in the day. Remember that? It was all about the <laughs> the um, who killed Tupac. He's like, look at your fingers, the fucking arms. Yeah, that was big and the one with the, with the with the flash animation what was it again what was that one oh god that had all the flash animation videos yes it had the tank logo i can't i can't remember the that. Of it. but the the mr but that, t that was on there too the the mr t thing mr q mr t kill look at your fingers Tupa. the orange <laughs> i need to see like the really bad animation the head goes up who ate my cheetos <laughs> that was brilliant i just better go home and take a bubble bath <laughs> oh my god that was great but anyway, after yet another tangent, uh, one of the countless ones we do here on the show, Creator. the last song of the day was by a little band that I'm sure a few of you people might have heard of. That was Creator Oof. with Lion with Eagle Wings, one of the most fucking metal titles ever. Yeah, I mean, they were they're up there with the, the big German bands, you know, and yes. Creator. Oh. Creator, yes, creator, baby, with uh, from the Gods of Violence, uh, one of their newer LPs. That's a 2017 release uh, that was put out by Nuclear Blast. Uh, I tend to like the older uh, Creator yes, stuff. Yes, me too. But what's cool about this album is it kind of returns to that sound. Yeah, they won't stop. They just keep putting shit out, and yeah, you man, know, they're still no touring, still putting stuff out. No one's complaining, still, you still know. Going. They're still the, they're still thrash as hell, you know. Living legends, buddy. Living legends. Living legends. Word. Okay, everybody. So that was the end of the music. Yes. Uh, but uh, we've also got some other uh, extra special treats for you in the news today. 
we got some Huey. So, uh, in the news today, uh, probably the biggest story uh, that's come out over the last few days was the announcement that uh, there's actually going to be a brand new cave-in release. Oh, yes! So, uh, Adam and myself, who are super huge fans of uh, anything they touch, it was very happy to hear, they're going to be putting out a new album by the name of Heavy Pendulum, and that's going to be a double LP, which is even cooler. I already pre-ordered it, B. Which uh, which vinyl did you get? Because they're coming out with a shitload of cool vinyls. I know all the marble swirls and. I was going. Uh, which one did you get? I think I'm going for the gold. The kind of the like gold a, one. Yeah, yeah, there's the gold one. The bl- I think the black normal. I think is a blood black, I think red black one. A lot of have, the like, others are sold out like in minutes, but like yeah. I'm waiting for them to do a whole hardcore album, which I can't see them doing anymore. But like that would be great. Yeah, they're kind of mixing it because they stopped doing the hardcore for a while with like Jupiter. No, you know, and then like you know, like a couple of albums after that, and then they started like kind of like throwing like a random hardcore. S. Yeah, they do like, or they do just like elements of their old sound in the new stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. They have like a screamy element here or there. Yeah, but you but know, they've still kept up that whole like you know, I hate to say spacey rock, but yeah, proggy, proggy metal. They're just uh, doing what they want now, you know. More like so. the last thing I got from them was the uh, every time I die split where they cover each other. Yeah. You and know, of course, they also have the side project, which I absolutely love, Mutoid Man, which yeah. is amazing as well. And um, actually, wasn't Brodsky in Arrested Development? Uh, yeah, I believe he was. Uh, he was the guy who played the the drums in the background. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Wendell, yeah. <laughs> you know what? They weren't bad, and they they had a message. They were like, you know, it's just like. They're, you know, thinking music, you know what I mean? Like, some of those bands, you know, just makes you think, like, that kind of art stuff. Like, I don't know, they were great. I like, at that first arrest of Element wasn't bad, you know? My dad God had damn a... damn it, sh- Adam, we're going on a tangent again. God damn it! <laughs> but anyway, back to Cavid. So, yeah, uh, their first studio record in over a decade, if you could if you could I believe I cannot that. believe that. Yeah, they've done, like, demo things here and there, but... Yeah, like I said, you know, they, they branched off to different things, like the Mutoid Man. Of course, they lost their bassist, unfortunately. Um, yes. so that, you know, a terrible accident. Um, so, uh, that kind of put, you know, a wrench in things, obviously it's going to do something like that to you, uh, for a while. Uh, but they've been kind of just, uh, throwing themselves full force back into it. So I'm, I'm very glad to see that. And, uh, this one is going to be coming out on relapse records and you can look for it around May 20th or so, but the pre-orders, uh, are up now. Good luck getting the one you exactly want because, uh, obviously anything that they put out kind of flies. Yeah. I went so, for the gold. I don't know why. If you want a particular p- particular one, I would suggest uh, pulling the trigger as quick as you can uh, because yeah. they're not going to be around for forever. I'm trying to think of all the colors. Uh, Swirl. I don't know. There's a one that was like 100 that sold out right away. I think when I was there, like gold to the rare It's usually slot. the one that's the more rare one. That's the one yeah. that usually goes immediately. You know, I'm for the gold. I was like, oh, okay, whatever, the band camp version. And I'm just like, so much of a fan. I'll take whatever. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you're more the collector collector. I'm more like the fan who wants to have it on vinyl. Yeah. You know what I mean? If Even if it's the regular black one, I don't give a fuck. We'll I just it. want it on vinyl. We're going to play that album on here. You will oh, probably definitely. play a numerous songs off of it. Sure. Definitely. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Mutoid Man is also coming out with new material. So we'll have, nice. we'll have plenty of stuff to put nice. out. Uh, uh, also in the news, uh, we're, we're going to do, obviously, uh, uh, the Scott Hall thing last. Uh, obviously, if yes. everybody uh, uh, who is a pop culture person, a wrestling person, a fan of the sports world, or whatever you might be, I'm sure everyone has heard that, unfortunately, we have lost uh, Scott Hall, uh, also known as Razor Ramon. Um, actually, we could probably... Uh, Let's just talk it. about it uh, maybe now. Yeah, we um, brought it up. You know, go, go uh, 
I really should have opened the show with, hey, yo. But, uh. The bad guy. You know, um. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. I mean, you know, he started his career in Florida doing his stuff. Um, kind of, he went to the AWA. He had a really good team. You know, he tagged up with, uh, Kurt Henning, son of Larry Henning. Do you um, know he actually was one of the original Remco figures? Yeah. Yeah. When he had his mustache, too. Yes. Um, yeah. That was when he was Big Scott Hall. In my head, you know, as it's coming up with like an alternate universe, instead of him going to WWF and becoming Razor Ramon, which of course was heavily influenced from Scarface. Oh, yeah. If he became the next Magnum TA after Magnum TA had that accident, because he kind of had the look. He was a big guy. He kind of similar looks to him. He kind of looked like, you know, Magnum PI. He had the mustache and the youth yeah. built, but like where his career would have happened because he went to WWF, he kind of got informed, you know, in influenced by Shawn Michaels and he was part of the clique, you know, and then he got really into Soma's, you know, the muscle relaxer and that kind of, that's where his career went downhill. Yeah. But if he did a different route, didn't get into the drugs, what would, what would the wrestling world be like? Right. Because, you know, it all ties into, you know, the curtain call where they're all at MSG and, you know, they're all embracing each other. And that's the, 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 the curtain was peeled. You know, the people are like, wait, good guys and bad guys are friends? What is this? And then that hit the internet, of course. But, like, you know, early internet, I guess, because it's 97, 96. You know, but it was just uh, what the world would be like if he went into a different direction and didn't get into it's that crowd. It's just sad. Like, you think, I, th I think about, obviously, the, 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 the amazing career he had. And, it was uh, huge. Uh, how influential he was to so many different people. But... I also think about the the other side of the coin that kind of uh, like you you're just talking about the whole you know getting into the drugs unfortunately oh. and all that stuff where uh, I was just rewatching probably like my third time seeing the the Jake the Snake documentary yeah they're uh, both just a mess. and that that the ending where he basically shows up just begging for help yeah you know he he was so like you know obviously Jake the Snake was a big mess for a long time and you know and then at the end you kind of find out he's not the only one and then you know Scott Hall was obviously battling his own demons too at the time. And he kind of comes, to, you know, basically comes crawling to Jake and like, I need help. I, I need somebody to help me. And, and they, they get the help, you know. But yeah, like, and he, he makes his, you know, he he goes there, he commits himself and and you and you kind of get this good feeling like he's going to do it. He's going to turn himself around, you know. But uh, the, the these 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 terrible things that these companies pump out, you know, they don't yeah. know how awful they are and how addictive. I mean, they, or they do know. They just they don't do. give a shit. But like, you know, billions, he, millions of dollars. They uh, both you know, turned lives. He turned his life around. He was doing better. It's just, you know, it all happened that he had heart attacks because he had an operation and then there's like a blood clot and mm. the blood clots what did it to him. You know, it's like, yeah, it's sad. That's to the say, sad. Like, that's sad, too, because, you know, he went and beat this one really big demon. Yeah. That a lot of people can't beat ever. And that killed him usually. And he managed to do it. But what killed him? A blood clot. A blood clot in his heart, you know? You know, but like Somas, you know? Like, I don't even know if they still make Somas. I don't know. But I, mean, I, I know a lot of the companies are getting super sued now for yeah. all these things. But like Somas so. were like this, you know, painkiller that the wrestlers loved. And, you know, we could go all... You can imagine the aches and pains these guys go through. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you had... Contorting themselves and slamming their bodies into these mats over the years. and You had uh, Dr. Sahorian was the one, you know, the Pennsylvania um, Athletic Commission. He was the one who would kind of bring these people like suitcases worth of pills can imagine and stuff like he was making you know there's the and think whole... about the bank you know he was probably getting from these guys every time every he, time he showed up with a bottle he probably said give me 
give me five hundred dollars for the bottle, whatever, whatever it is, you know. But like whatever he just came up with, probably you know, because you're five hundred dollars, aches and pains, and then you know, yeah. you're on the downers, you know, you're on the somas, then you know, and then a lot of them were also drinkers. So on top of that, that makes it even worse. And then they're like, oh crap, this brought me down. I need something. They do all the cocaine. Sniff some coke, yeah. And then, you know, they're getting drunk, and then to bring them back down, there's more somas. So your heart is just going up and down and up up and and down. down. Your heart can only take so much of that. You you know, know, but, like, somas were horrible, you know, to the business. Um, And it's, it's, you know, like... Like The funny thing is that when you talk about wrestling with someone who's just kind of like, you know, like an average average everyday, not not a fan... Uh, those, those people are the people that the first thing they say when you talk about wrestling is they go, "Oh, it's so terrible!" All the steroids. Yeah, and it's they never talk about the relaxers. Yeah, they never talk about uh, stuff like that, which probably was even worse because the steroids would bring them up, the yeah. somas would bring them down. But it's just like that. As much as I criticize modern wrestling, they know how to take care of themselves. They're definitely bringing more health elements into it. They're definitely yeah. The guys now, I mean, you could tell they're not as bulky with the with the roid muscle. Yeah, they're they're more kind of lean in shape, like lean and shredded, like ripped, but like, like ripped. Yeah, you know, they're definitely healthier with it. So you're dieting, you're doing all the proper things to eat properly, and you're working out like a beast. But you they're know. doing stupider stuff with the moves. You know, more yeah. flips. If it's more just high flying, more. Like, yeah. seriously, if you could just have a perfect mix of both, like, have today's youth where they're... You finish up... Loser! Mo- <laughs> motorcycle cock. Okay. Anyways. He uh, must have a huge dick. Oh, it, it's just swinging his hog. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, but, like, with the way the, the, the wrestlers of today are, where they physically take care of their bodies is great but if you think of it like the 80s the 70s moves were definitely better on the body because it was you know it's just kind of if you just mix the good and the bad of it we would have a perfect world but then why you know when i think about wrestling back in the day when i used to watch it i think about a bunch of big guys just throwing each other a lot it was you know i don't i don't think about the stuff they do now, like I think about guys like Rey Mysterio, and like obviously you had guys back then like Snuka who did high flying, and, and they had of, it, you know. But like they do too much now; it's too much, yeah. and it doesn't have meaning. Where it's just like, okay, the person in the second match did this one spot, the same, and then the next match someone does the same flip. It's like it's not as exciting, and like they'll have yeah. a big big guy doing a crazy flip. Great. But it has you don't be, expect that, so I guess that's kind of cool. But you know? they do it in every match. Yeah, that's oh, where again. it takes the specialness of a wave. It's just like they where bring back that in the day, you'd have only a couple guys who did moves like that. So when they came out, you knew you were like, oh, like this is the guy who does like the crazy fucking yeah. flips. You know? Like you would have, you know, Vader. You did one in the end of yeah. the match, you and had, he was a big fucking guy. You know that made it yeah. special. You had Bam right. Bam. He mm-hmm. would do one move, you know, but the rest they knew how to wrestle as their size. Now. The giants want to wrestle like they're my size, and it's like they want everybody to be a specific type. When back in the day, you'd have specialists. You would have specialists. You'd have people that were good at what they, you know, some people were move guys, some people were grapplers. You know, where yeah, they did, like, but now uh, it's all high spots. Everybody, like Kurt Angle was ill with like the, you know, with like the like the grappling and the move. Oh yeah, because he was a legitimate athlete. I mean, Olympic he, wrestler, right? Olympic wrestler with a broken neck, he won the gold medal. There's still right. people like it who do that now, you know, like this guy, Chad Gable, you know, he was like another one and he's smaller, you know, he's probably shorter than you, like 
between us in size, you know, but like he's legitimate, like Kurt Angle, like a l- Olympic wrestler. Uh, and they actually just signed that guy, Gable Steeson, who's uh, he won a gold medal in the Olympics. They just signed him, you know, but like there's people like this, but I just don't get everybody doing these crazy jumps for no reason. It's just kind of I like, guess it's. I, I I don't know. It's like they, they tend to. I guess they 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 fish for what the fans really want to see. They, and I and I guess maybe that's it what takes they a want. specialness. Like I already know that you know? if it's a tag team match or a multiple like six man tag or four tags or whatever like that, you know, um, a bunch of people are fighting outside. You already know that that one guy is going to jump on all of it, and then they all wait and catch him. <laughs> and it's just like, like hmm. And then, you know, and then he takes all of them out, his partner included. It's just like, yeah. that's what pisses me off about modern wrestling, where it's just... It's, they need uh, they need an injection of, of, of unpredictability. Un- they, it's, it's the same stuff over It's the and same over stuff, and it's just also like, you know, what we know now about concussions, you know, how they're... WWE banned it, you know, rightfully so, but like a lot of the indie promotions and uh, AEW, they'll have it too. A big chair shot to the head. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know why it took us till more recently to know that think concussions are bad, but like if you think I mean, these guys it, are really getting hit with chairs too, I mean a lot of people say, "Oh, that's just bull." No, when they're getting hit with chairs, nine out of ten times they're getting hit with a the chair. They're hitting with a chair. Sometimes they put their hands up, you know. But like, I mean, the hardcore stuff, like he's they like literally just take the chair. They just take yeah. it right full blast into their head, and it's you know. But you uh, know, they teach you usually to put your hand a certain way to make it look like you're yeah, but like you're, you're defending, but you're actually blocking yeah, you know the chair. But still, like these people are doing that. Yeah, they're you're getting hit. They're legitimately getting hit. Thumbtacks and stuff like that. That's just, that's taking yeah. the specialist out of it. It's just like, okay, but why are you doing this? It's just a regular match. Your first match. Some ever. people want to see brutality. They want to see that. They don't. They don't want and to it's see. Just, it's not uh, much of a story. It's just kind of like people go for the car crash. But that's another thing with modern wrestling. I'm not aware because I don't watch any of it. I really have no time for it. Yeah. But, uh, as far as modern wrestling, do they still do the soap opera stuff, or do they yeah. not do it as much? They do, they but it's do just, it? it's. It's a lot of, uh, you know, couples or something like, uh oh, but you're cheating oh, on like, him. Like, this. like couple drama or whatever. Yes. Like, just, like Macho Man Elizabeth kind of stuff going on. It's just kind of, you know, it's definitely more of the Springer stuff, but like, oh my God. I don't know. You know, like me, I don't even like, like, I caught, I walked into a, like, they have probably, like, they had the camera go to a motel. Yeah. And one of the guys is cheating with, with the other guy's manager or whatever. Or something like that. But in reality, yeah. you know, like later on, they find out that, you know, She's helping him pick out something for his fiance or something, you know, stupid <laughs> like that. But like, you know, oh, I can't. That's so dumb. You know, me, I'm into the '70s stuff where there was not '70s, '80s, early. It 80s. was just like you know, this person hates this person, and then mm. you know, the attack backstage. You oh. just wait till this Saturday. Yeah, and then they would you know? announce where it's going to be. As simple as that. Simple and then as it that. Would be like you know. The guy would be heading to the ring, and like his manager would come out and like trip him or something, and then somebody would come from bushwhack him from behind. You know, something like that. That's what I like. You know, the new <laughs> old stuff. school. You know, just like simple shit. I don't know. And of course, the biggest rumor now is Cody signs with WWE. Maybe you know, or is he really still in AEW since he's an executive? But like, if it is, that would be a big thing because it'd be the first person going from AEW to WWE. Mm-hmm. But if he did sign, will they just bury him a couple weeks later, where he's just like just another guy? Because he's not big, but who knows? You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not as much into it. Like I still watch bits and pieces here, but fuck it. I, you know, I'm, I'd rather see matches of like Pat O'Connor and Bruno San Martino. But like, you know, that's me. I like the yeah. '60s and '70s wrestling. You know, like, you know, 
you you can't get any more drama than like Larry Zabisco being you know Bruno's uh, pupil, and then he oh. turns on Bruno. That was it's, just, it's simple, but it's 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 shocking, and, you're and like, it's oh. shocking. You know, now it's just kind yeah. of like you know him turning on him. He's the good guy now because he's being bad. No. You're a bad guy. You beat up Bruno. You're the bad guy. Now it's you start like, to run. I mean, it's like Hollywood. You yeah. start to run out of material. Like, why do you think there's so many remakes on Hollywood? You start uh, to run out of material. Yeah, you really you do. Know, you know, you start to run out of material after a while, and you're like, how many movies about people in space can we have? How many movies about guys who are ex Navy SEALs who have a revenge vendetta? How many stories about you know uh, guys who are uh, families who are crazy who kill people? Yeah, it's all the same stories, just over and over and over again. I mean, you know, you heard that they're making. Um, they're remaking Wolf of Wall Street with actual wolves. <laughs> with, you know, it would be dope if there was Wolf of Wall Street, but they were all werewolves on, on Wall Street. Werewolves on Wall Street. That'd be good. That'd be I heard Troma's doing that. I stole that joke from uh, Friends of the People. It's just one of those things they're doing like Kanye with It's this literally just like an office with wolves just walking around, like <laughs> knocking shit off the desks. You know, I saw it was just one of those things. It was like, like eating the paper. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the whole joke was. Uh, the way Kanye tweets, and he's just walking around, he's like, I want to remake Wolf of Wolf, Wolf Walter with actual wolves! <laughs> he's out of his fucking mind. But, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing at, I was watching SNL uh, this past uh, Saturday, and they had uh, Dion, Dion Warwick was the host of a show or whatever, and he's like, hey, what's the deal with modern music? What about Kanye West? I hear now he wants to be called Yay. Yay? What is that, the sound everybody makes when he leaves the room? <laughs> I went for like 10 minutes. Dude, out of the modern episodes, the John Mulaney episode was one of the best ones I've seen in like 20 years. With the uh, ape judge. Oh my God. Monkey judge or ape Monkey judge. Monkey judge. And he's just like, I'm going to put my dumb. this in this pile of straw to let you know that it's mine. I'm acknowledging that it's mine. He, his delivery is so good. I understand, but I'm still going to throw my, my manure at you anyway. No, he's like, I'm going to throw sand at you. He's a dry pan. He's just, he's throwing... I'm going to throw sand at you to show my dominance. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's the way they are. But it's just... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Anywho, somehow we went to Monkey Judge from Scott Hall Tribute. But, uh, that's, that's what happens on this wacky show when you have two crazy people. You know? But anyway... Uh, 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 also in the news today, uh, we have an upcoming show I thought would uh, be worthy of your attention. Yes. Even though it is not uh, anywhere near uh, where I am or where Adam is, uh, no. this is a show in Seattle, Washington. An upcoming show I thought would be uh, worthy of your attention because it has a couple bands that we have played here on the show. Two of them, uh, one being Putative Damage, the other one being Peace Test, who we played last show, and another great band by the name of Gag, uh, Spy, Victim to None, Fashion Change, are all going to be playing at a place called The Vera Project on April 16th. Nice. Uh, this is going to be a 7 o'clock start. If you'd like to get tickets in advance, obviously it's going to be a little bit cheaper for you. $12 in advance, $15 at the door. Tickets are on sale right now over at theveraproject.org. Again, this is in Seattle, Washington. And uh, to spell that out for you, it's T-H-E-V-E-R-A-P-R-O-J-E-C-T.org. And get your tickets now. It sounds like a great lineup. I wish it was actually here because yeah. I totally go. If you go, Cunny, uh, send us a picture. Yeah, that would be great, actually. 
Good call. Uh, also, uh, to close up today, uh, we always like to say thanks to the fans and oh. the supporters and the listeners out there. And uh, we have a brand new fresh list here of uh, listener and uh, supporters of the show. And we just like to say thank you by giving you guys a little shout. Uh, first, we'd like to start off with Blessed Freak. Triple uh, Six, another vinyl guy like Adam. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we like each other's stuff all the time. Great yeah, collection. you guys are always posting great records back and forth, so uh, thank you, Blast Freak. They have the best Napalm Death collection I've ever seen. <laughs> I know. He's got, like, he's got pretty impressive shit. Like, he's got, like, copies of everything, and, like, and like he's like you. He does, like, the colors. Yeah. You know, he does all the different colors. And his and... Napalm Death collection's insane. I think he said he has over 500 Napalm Death records. Is that, like, his favorite? Yeah. It might be. 500 be. Napalm Death records is You know, beautiful. he's got the figures. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Also... Uh, Platinum Crack, Low Ambition Records, Flesh Photography, Ellingson 119, Omega Glory 666, New York Punk Shit, Ethel Meserve, Cook Grits 81, Listen to the Devil, Incandescent Sales. You know who that is, right? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I know that person uh, very well. <laughs> Hi. Uh, sunken... Okay, you want to you want to elaborate on the incandescent sales? Oh, just you know, my ex-wife, but we're still really good friends. You know, she does her thing with the. She's like me; she does a little bit of the arts and crafts type stuff. Yeah, and you know, I'm uh, extremely supportive of everything she's doing now. She's great. You know, what's up, Jess? You rule. Uh, after that, uh, Sunken Temple Records. Nice poetic squid forty nine. Lose rendezvous band. Coming to get you, Barbara. The Night Hobbs. Bonaroba, New York City. Uh, Batman. Jordan, a.k.a. Worm Squirm. Speaking of Jordan, uh, from uh, Worms, also known as Worm Squirm, she also turns out a little zine by the name of Spine. I'd like to give a shout out to them, uh, not only for being a really cool uh, uh, punk zine, but also for actually featuring an ad for our show in the latest issue. That's awesome. So if you pick up issue number two, of Spine, uh, you flip right towards the back there, you'll see a little ad for us that uh, Jordan actually threw together. Uh, she said you could either send us an ad or we could just like throw it in there. That's so did cool. This all free of charge, so you know, very yeah. cool of her. Hardcore uh, community, you know? And she also does her own uh, like like really cool art prints if you ever look at the stuff I do. Mm -hmm. uh, she does kind of similar style work. Um, and she also, you know, puts out this zine spine, and she also is a, a, a big supporter of the hardcore community. She uh, goes to a lot of shows in her area, and uh, a lot of this has to do, if you're, if you're into uh, punk around the Rochester uh, area, she tends to cover a lot of music from that uh, part of the state. So if you're into what? that, if you're into cool art, if you're into punk, uh, definitely check out her stuff. Uh, also, Lady M77, M-E-L-C. Dowd Records. Uh, this is my buddy here. He wanted to be announced on the show because he was having, uh, uh, I believe it was some sort of dental surgery. He wasn't feeling very positive. He was a little freaked out. So he wanted us to mention. Hopefully, it'll feel a little bit better. Uh, my buddy, I'm hoping pronouncing this right, Rabuate. I believe it's R-A-B-O-U-A-T-A-Y. I hope I'm getting it right. If I don't, I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, hopefully, you got through that okay. I know it's uh, never fun to go to the dentist. No. Uh, after that, we have uh, Velvet Cathedral, Johnny Stingray, our good buddy out there on the West Coast. What up? Evil Kim Evil, another buddy of the show. Uh, Wiped Out, New York City. Mike Banfield, another great zine, unhip fanzine. 
And of course, lastly, uh, the zine I brought up earlier, Spine. Yes. Uh, so thank you each and every one of you guys for supporting the show, for uh, either commenting on our posts, supporting our posts, supporting uh, the show, commenting on a show, whatever you've done to make the list. Obviously, you've made it for a reason, uh, being just, just buddies, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, that is uh, that is all. That is all, for, people. Uh, episode 11, Season 2 of the Kill Your Radio Podcast. We'll be back with even more fun and games with episode number 12. I am Fanboy Will. I am Zombie Bot. And we will see you guys hopefully very shortly. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yes.